Hey, welcome to Moviecation Podcast. I am Brady. I am Joe. I am Tyler. And Joe still has the assignment from last week of what are your top five horror movies? Gentlemen, I have a list. Let's go. I checked it twice and I found out who was impish or admirable. Um, First off, I have two outside looking in on the list. Uh, Outside looking in, I have 1917 and I have The Darkest Hour. What do you mean by outside looking in? Uh, It didn't make the top five. Uh, it's right okay. outside looking in so an honorable mention honorable mention yeah, be yeah. a normal there person Joe. yeah come Shut on up. all right number five full metal jacket i've seen that movie once scared the shit out of me ah oh, it's it's a tough watch a lot of truly that one movies. and uh platoon are like ones that i've both seen were when i finished it i was like i don't think i will ever watch these movies again and not because they're bad. They're just, they're hard to get through. Yeah, they're hard to watch. I get you. All right. Number four, Saving Private Ryan. Tom Hanks. Never seen it. Never seen it? It's a good one. Nope. Uh, that's where my getting tired of Saving Matt Damon began. Because, of course, they're fucking Saving Matt Damon. Um, number three, The Pianist. Adrian Brody playing... Uh, playing um, I believe he's Jewish in that one. He's a piano player, and he's basically uh, running from the Nazis the entire time. Oh, so I haven't seen it, but I do know that like um, super film nerds, film bros kind of deal mm-hmm. are very much, uh, you're either a Schindler's List fan or a mm-hmm. pianist fan because they came out at around the same time, very similar story or structure or something like that maybe even styling so it's it's very like you're either one or the other i thought pianist came out way after schindler's list around i want to say within like a couple years of each other schindler's list isn't as old as you think it is um i i don't remember if i've seen schindler's list or not i haven't i want to but every time every time time i watch it every time i see it on something i'm like i need to watch that but I can't remember if I've seen so, it. So Schindler's List came out in ninety two. Yeah, there's, there's a came ten out in two thousand two. Yeah, there's a but ten still, year difference. I don't know why still, I they're very like in similar. Something. They're very similar to where people compare them a lot. Yeah, I just okay. I I could have like I could have sworn that they didn't come out around the same time. But all right, number two, Dunkirk. One's based on never uh, saw it, but not, not shocked that it's on your list considering who directed it. Christopher Nolan. Just found Hans out the Zimmer. other day, Harry Styles is in that. Harry Styles is in that one. Hans Zimmer did the music. <laughs> so that music, so that music had me on edge though. Like it locked, like the way they set the tone for it, <laughs> like it just it locked me in so well. And at the end of the movie, when the the, the ticking finally stopped, I kind of snapped out of it. And I was like, oh, like as a, at the same time as the as the character, I was like, oh, like he realizes this, it's over. He's going home. And I'm like, oh shit, the movie's over. Damn, that was good. Damn good. Um, and then number one, number one, ladies and gentlemen, Inglorious Bastards. Good choice. Good, good movie. I like great fucking movie. movie. Honestly, to me, Tarantino's best one. Ooh, ooh, that's a that's a debate right there, buddy. The good debate though. Yeah. So you really, really, you you're gonna go? Would you hand gun to your head? Had to choose that. That's your final answer, and that's his best one. 
I believe so, and he believes so. No, you know he doesn't. He does. And that's why the scene at the very end. Have you heard his recent comments? How recent? Like this past week recent. Okay, no, not that fucking recent. No, I haven't heard that then. He believes that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is his best movie he's ever made. Really? And it makes sense because it is his love letter to everything he loves about cinema. That makes sense. Um, Yeah, I was about to say that. He also said, this is a good thing to talk about too. He also said that he personally believes that we are in the worst history for movies ever because of the Marvel Marvel vocation of movies. There's there's very little, there's very little original ideas and a lot of existing ip that people are just building on he, he's not saying they're bad movies because he grew up a comic book person he loves the comic but he wishes that studios would be more open to green lighting things like everything everywhere all at once uh the menu something interesting something new and not part of an existing universe that's fair because we've had this conversation before and up in you know different ways Several but yeah times. like you don't see as many new original content outside of like a fucking mcu or disney to, uh, disney owned property uh if you do it's you you got hit remember, or miss you gotta remember tarantino at one point was tapped to play or to direct a luke cage movie yeah but I was really hoping he did the Star Trek movie. God damn it. I want him to do a Star Trek movie. Um, he also, this one, I don't know how I feel about, about it. He also, this was on a uh, Burt Kreishner's two bears in a cave podcast or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't listened to it. I just keep seeing articles about what he said on it. He also believes that the actors within the MCU are not the stars of the movie. Like Chris Evans is not, the star of the movie it's captain america the character is the star of the movie so therefore like there's not really movie stars anymore it's just character actors yeah because i when when you look at chris evans he's not chris evans he's captain america yeah if like you see him in, if you see him in other movies that, it's, you he's know captain I mean? america yeah, yeah yeah i get you mean i get you mean and i, I it kind of makes sense in a way but also you got like people like Robert Downey Jr., who's been around for years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because the only other thing I could tell you that Chris Evans was in before he was a Captain America, like one of his like movies that like, oh yeah, Chris Evans is in this, was not another teen movie. Yeah, I just think of him with, you know, being naked and cream. Can you not, Tyler? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I get where you're coming from. Um, The only other thing I can think this is weird, but the only other thing I can think of Robert Downey Jr. in before he was Iron Man is the most... No, no, not even that, because that was Charlie Sheen and not Robert Downey Jr. I was thinking the drug addict that was high on cuff to the uh, chair in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's it's a close comparison. <laughs> they, to be fair, they were doing though. the same thing about the three around at the same time, you know? So <laughs> To be fair, though, I, I would say the role of Iron Man saved Robert Downey, because he sure. was not... 100%. Yeah. So I think for him to be like, to have that association, like I'm totally cool with it because it saved his life. Yep. Well, I also feel like while I agree with what Tarantino said, I kind of feel, I kind of disagree in a little bit because 
look how much those guys put on the costumes after the movies and go do things for sick kids and things like that. Yeah. Like they, they know they're the character and that's probably all they will ever be, but they're embracing it. If that makes sense. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying on that. that may, and that, <clears throat> that does make sense too. So, so it's not like, I don't know. They're just it's like, not a, it's not a bad thing, but I it's not like Daniel he, Craig and James Bond, where he was literally like, I'm just here for the money at this point. Yeah. Like he, they actually care about the role they're playing. And they know that they'll, to a kid, they're just going to be, the kid's not going to know who Chris Evans is, but the kid's going to know who Captain America is. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. I still think Pierce Brosnan is one of the best James Bond. I haven't, just, it just made me growing up with him. So I haven't seen enough James Bonds to say a definitive, this is the best James Bond. Yeah. I've, I've only seen the Daniel Craig ones. I saw Casino Royale in theaters and hated it. And I saw Skyfall in theaters and hated it. Skyfall is pretty good. Wait, was there one between Casino Royale and Skyfall? Quantum Solace. Uh, that's the one because Quantum, Quantum Solace had Javier Bottom in it, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's the one I saw in theaters after Casino Royale and hated it. And then Skyfall came out and then it was... Um, Spectre, wasn't it? Spectre. Spectre was the not the last one, was it? Mm-hmm. Spectre, no, the one uh, that just came out. No, that that was um, No Time to Die, I think. Oh yeah, I no completely time, missed that one. <laughs> yeah, well, he dies at the end, so obviously he had time to die. <laughs> Although I I do think Skyfall and Spectre had the best um, James Bond opening songs. Skyfall yeah. had Adele doing Skyfall, and then Spectre had. Um, What's his name? Something Smith. Uh, Sam Smith. Uh, Who's Sam Smith? Sam yeah, Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, had him doing uh, "Writing on the Walls," and I think those are the two best fucking James Bond. Uh, Billie Eilish tracks. did "No Time to Die." She did do "No Time to Die," and it was it was good, but I feel like it didn't it didn't hit the same way. Billie Eilish is low key like starting to grow on me. She's fucking cool. Like, I love her music. I'm starting to, like, actually enjoy her music. And not, like, ironically either. Like, she's really actually kind of a good artist. For me, like, um, Bad Guy kind of reminded me of, like, like kind of like Scooby-Doo-ish kind of running around and, like, but doing <laughs> funny shit. But, I was like, it was catchy and I was like, I like this beat. It's fun. It's you know, the cute, first cute. time I ever heard Bad Guy was in that uh, movie Brightburn. Was it? Yes. Because they played it during the credits, and I was like, "All right, this is kind of catchy." And then the beat dropped. I was like, "Oh, yeah, oh, catchy that, fucking song." That keyboard riff gets stuck in my head every and like, fucking I, time I, I hear it. I see a video of her like on on uh, Instagram, like just interacting with fans and like just being herself and like at concerts. I'm like, she looks like she has a good like. She seems really nice and just really down to earth and <clears> just <throat> enjoying it. Yeah. Have you ever seen? It's always like her and Post Malone that seem to be, have like the best concert footage ever. I love. I don't like Post, Post Malone. Literally f- fell through a hole during a concert. He cracked and some ribs Came that back time. out. Yeah. yeah, and came back out and still performed. I don't like his music very much, but I like him. I liked his uh, album with White Iverson on it. That one was good. Uh, I that's the one I can't listen to. 
<laughs> Stony, I, I think it is. Yeah, I liked beer bongs and Bentleys and uh, Hollywood's Bleeding, but I, I can't. I tried listening to to the to the albums. I'm just like, that's ain't it for me, man. But I like like I really like him as a person because he seems pretty funny. He's such a cool dude, and he he's very well versed in more than just his genre too. Yeah, like he grew up a hardcore punk kid, metal kid. He tried out for a couple metal he's... bands before he did rap. Yeah. Then, then he even like will post up his first like rap music video he ever made and like it's terrible but he at least embraces it and is like yeah this is me at one point yeah i mean the dude covered hootie and the blowfish <laughs> like come on <laughs> and it's fucking good too so he's also a big dallas cowboys fan so it's funny to see him like when he rolls well, I mean, up he to is the games. from he is from texas yeah i know but like it's it's funny to see him like when he rolls up to the games because he's like go hang out with jerry jones he did a commercial with jerry jones the owner of the cowboys which that was pretty cool. Was Jerry Jones the owner of the Cowboys back in 2001? Yes. He's been the yeah. owner since the 90s. Okay. So he was there when I went to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Back when I met Troy Aikman. Mm-hmm. The glory days of the Cowboys. <laughs> Joe's like, I miss those days. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, they posted their the uniform they're going to wear tomorrow for Thanksgiving because they, they plan on Thanksgiving. And uh, they're gonna wear the Cowboys versus uh, Washington. No, it's the Giants. Oh, division rivalry. Change that. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> wasn't it the Cowboys versus the Washington football team for a, a long time? For the longest time, it was them versus the Lions. I'm like, God, the fucking Lions suck so much. Yeah, the NFL um, was like, yeah, let's change that up. This year. Just <laughs> uh, but they're wearing the retro uniforms. I'm like, <clears throat> Hell yeah, they look good. Have you seen the uh, like third jersey retro uniform for the Dallas Stars? No. Those things are sick as fuck, dude. They're they're just black with a uh, neon green lacing all over. Oh, you know what? I think I have seen that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want one of those jerseys so bad. Those reverse retro ones from Adidas. Jesus, they all fucking look cool. Yeah, I haven't. I don't think I Adidas is like their newest um brand brand within the last couple of years. So like everything switched up like new era doesn't even make NHL hats anymore. Yeah. Everything They're all to Adidas. Yeah. Which is every once in a while, like on like uh lids or hat shack or whatever it is, and sometimes like the NHL's website. You can find like leftover uh, and even the Chicago Blackhawks store that's like located not in the arena, just like a typical retail store out in the city of Chicago. They have tons of new era hats, but you can't buy new era hats off new era's website for the NHL because they just stopped making them. Why is it every time what's his face isn't here? We're talking about sports. (laughs) We We talk about like everything but movies. We can talk Disney stuff. I got some Disney stuff. Like what? What Disney so, stuff? I Kathleen mean, Kennedy might be out. Kathleen Kennedy might be out. Um, what does that exactly mean for Star Wars? Because it's not like they're going to be like, you know what? We're going to redo the trilogy, guys. I I don't know because I if I'm if I remember correctly, she oversees a lot of the the Star Wars. She's kind of like their Feige. So I'm yeah. thinking they they let her go, and what they should do is give it to Favreau and Filoni. I let think that's them, what the plan yep. is. Let them oversee everything. Let Cowboy Filoni 
fucking oversee everything and good to, be good to go from there. Hell yeah. Um, another big thing, uh, Bob Ch- uh, Chapik is out as CEO for Disney, and they brought back Bob Iger, who is going to be there for, according to his contract, is a two-year term, and he will be finding his successor from there. They brought him in due to, well, they brought him back uh, due to low sales and just overall low profits for Disney for the past, um, or ever since Chapek took over. Um, which, I mean, it's just, it's hard transitioning from being a media company to a streaming me, company. Di- tell me Disney isn't making money? They're not making as much money as they anticipated. Whether they're liking it or not. You know what? I would like that money. Bring it to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's funny because, you know, Iger chose Chapek as his successor and then basically said, you know what, Chapek, you can't fucking handle the job. You know, we'll go ahead and pull you out. I'm going to take over again and I'm going to choose my new successor. But Bob I know twist, pe- he's going to pick Bob again. <laughs> I, I know people are happy about it, which is cool. I mean, you saw how big a deal Cole was making up for it. Um, just well, apparently but, having a dance party in his apartment for it. <laughs> hopefully he can kind of steer the ship right as far as their, you know, their profits and stuff like that. Um, Cause that's all I know about it. Um, I'm sure Cole has more of the, how it's better for them that he will talk about if he ever comes back. Uh, also to continue on the Disney stuff, Freeform announced their 25 days at Christmas. And since I have the mic, I'm going to say what they're going to fucking play December 1st. They're doing a home alone double feature. Very fun. Uh, December 2nd. Oh, it's a 2018 Grinch. With the uh, old fucking uh, cucumber Benedict, that Benedict one's pretty fun. Biatch. That one's pretty good. Good story. Not as funny as Jim Carrey's uh, Seuss, but good. I'm pretty yeah, sure uh, that was written and directed by Scott Mosier too. Yeah, I think so. Uh, let's see, Santa Claus, Frosty, Rudolph, all the fucking Toy Stories. What? Uh, yeah, they're gonna show all the it's Toy to- Stories. What's Toy Story gonna do with Christmas? I don't know. You get you get toys at Christmas. So good point. Good point. And Andy good got job. fucking buzz for his birthday. Not even Christmas. It uh, don't make sense. They're gonna. I show... didn't say it made sense. I was just trying to make some kind of logic to it. What? Are, let me guess. They're gonna show Hocus Pocus in it too. No, they're gonna show Frozen. Who gives a shit? Uh, Frozen two, and then what well, uh, is a Disney company? So that's probably why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. The Grinch one more time. The same one. Weird. And then the Home Alone double feature uh, for two more days. Wait, you're telling me... Oh, wait, no. You're saying free... I was thinking it's TBS that plays. A Christmas uh, story. Christmas story for 24 hours, isn't it? Do they still do that? They, uh, I, I don't know. Did you know you can't watch anymore on TV? What? Any of the... Uh, um, Charlie Brown holiday specials. Oh yeah, because it's Cause, uh, exclusive. Because Apple, Apple, yep. Apple bought them and then took bought them the away rights. from everyone, which is so mm-hmm. stupid. This so stupid. Like it's been around on like it's part of Americana now. Like it, it's it's tradition. Like it's you one can, of those things that plays in Apple. the background while you're at home. You're yeah. Apple. You can handle giving out like letting people watch something mm-hmm. for like, free on TV, like. You're not you're not selling that that thing every day. I'm sorry, you're not. Yeah. So you're not making money off of those rights at all. No. Yeah. It's more for the parents and grandparents. They're like, 
And it's a tradition. I'll like sleep you, too. You just, you just put it on in the background because it's what you grew up with. You're not really watching it. You're trying to get the kids to watch it, but they're like, I don't want to watch this, Grandma. You're like, shut the fuck up and watch it. I watch um, it. I watch it. But like that's on in the background during the holidays. A Christmas story is on in the background in the holidays, whether you, you're sick and fucking tired of it. Who cares? Grandpa still wants to watch it because he likes the movie. It's on in the background while you're opening presents. Hey, I've never seen a Christmas story. Same. Refuse to watch it. Refuse to How watch it. How the fuck it. have also, y'all not also, seen that movie? I am 100% proud to make this statement right here. Why, guys. I have never seen Superbad, and I have no intention to ever watch it. Superbad's good. Like Superbad's pretty it good. It looks like the unfunniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I don't know how well it holds up. I haven't watched it in years. Not well. I, I not wouldn't well. think so. Apparently, Jonah Hill <laughs> hates it. I feel like Jonah Hill's grown up a lot since then, and I don't blame him. Apparently, for Jonah Hill's an asshole is what I'm hearing. Like, yeah, he seems like an asshole. Like but he apparently is going. He apparently, um, back in the day when they were making it, asked them not to cast the dude that they ended up casting for McLovin just because he hated him. Mm-hmm. And Judd Apatow told him that's exactly why we're casting him. <laughs> yeah, I saw that article the other day. But also, like, I've, I've seen more and more of Jonah Hill, like, pop up, and, like, he seems to be kind of going through it, which I understand. Like, he's he's known for being the fat kid from Superbad. He doesn't want to be, you know, kind of associated with that because of, you know, for body shaming reasons and stuff like that. Yeah. And, he, you know, his weight has fluctuated up and down over the years. So I, I kind of get where he's coming from. Well, I also know that, like, recently his brother died. Mm. Oh. I didn't like know with, that. like in 2019, I think. So I know that's like he's probably still trying to deal with that too. Yeah. So I'll give him that. But I don't know. I just like everyone was hyping up super bad when I was in like high school and shit like that. And I was like, it was. It looks like every other funny movie that has come out this year. So why the fuck would I watch it? I mean, it's it's a typical like Apatow movie. Like it's that. Oh same, yeah, great it's a humor, but so I Apatow is not that movies. funny. Yeah. I like Joe Apatow. Yeah, same. The only movie I like by him is Heavyweights. That was a Judd Apatow movie? He wrote it. Yep. It's time to get up, children. Good morning! <laughs> Never put Twinkies on your pizza. <laughs> Fucking Ben Stiller creeped me out in that movie. Like I was like legit kind of when scared. He just walks on the glass? Oh my god. He, like, he legit kind of scared me as a kid because of his, the way he acted in that movie. <laughs> The yeah, stepping so on the glass he, uh, and the swinging off the cliff on the tree. So I was like, Judd sir, Apatow, please stop. Judd Apatow wrote it with Stephen Brill, who wrote Mr. who co-wrote and directed Mr. Deeds, Little Nicky without a paddle, and Drillbit Taylor. Get in the flask. <laughs> Get in the flask. Little Nicky's in one of those other movies, like it sounds like fun. Like it sounds funny to put on, but I know it's to be absolute fucking garbage. I recently watched it, I think, like, earlier this year for the first time in a long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. It's actually kind of funny. Like, I'll say this. Adam Sandler's movies hold up pretty well. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, like, I don't want to see... why is it that it takes Quentin Tarantino 10 years to make a movie, yet Adam Sandler can, like, shit him out in five minutes over on Netflix? And they're not bad either. Like, Hustle was good. The, his basketball movie that came out this year... Uh, Hubie Halloween that came out in 2020 if you've never seen it literally think of like every 
feel good Hallmark movie, mm-hmm. but put ho- for around Christmas, but make it a Halloween movie. Well, it's funny and like has like a like a message and a point and things like that. Like it's really fucking good. Also, Ben Stiller's character from uh, Happy Gilmore makes a uh, cameo appearance at the beginning. Really? Yes. Wow. But in those, you also get things like the cobbler and Jack and Jill and stuff like that. But to be but fair, that's not Netflix. That's I, not I, Netflix I know, I'm, just, Sandler. I'm just, I'm just saying. But yes, like, you are right. Cause I'm pretty sure Jack and Jill has 3% on Rotten Tomatoes. To be fair though, if uh, your rich friend <laughs> told you, Hey, you want to come make a movie in Cancun with me? It's a free vacation. You know, that's why he makes it right. Yeah. 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 If, you're, his if your rich comedy friend vacation. told you that. Would you not want to go right away on a free vacation? He has a he has a whole series on Netflix. Well, not a whole series. It's about to become a series of movies on Netflix. He did a um, I forget the name of it, but it was him and Jennifer Aniston, and they like play spies or something. I don't know, but mm-hmm. they're coming out with a second. It, the first one came out like three or four years ago. They're about to release the second one in early twenty twenty three. I think I it's called Murder Mystery. About. I know what you're talking about. I forget the name of it, though. I think it's called Murder Mystery. Yes, that's what it's called. Um, But no, and like he pulls a lot of people into his movies. It's crazy who can get like in Hubie Halloween. He had Shaq. He had uh, Dan Rathers. He has he had Shaq in the the grownups movies as well. The grownups movies. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is Shaq is playing like a um radio dj personality but it it sounds like a girl so it's like welcome to wkkp and then like you see shaq and he's doing the voice and then shaq and then his wife that has to is be like, like dubbed over because that man's voice it is, is too it is to be because he turns it he turns it off i think and goes yeah this is my real voice though <laughs> <laughs> um but he also had like Dan Rather, Julie Bowen, who was also in Happy Gilmore, uh, Rob Schneider, and David, or not David Spade, um, Buscemi, Steve Buscemi's in it as well. Uh, Ray Liotta's in it. Uh, Miss Ray Liotta. He, he's been pulling in his family a lot more recently too, like his daughters and his wife and things like that. I remember what happened to Rob <clears throat> Schneider. He's still um, doing things. Like he just kind of pops up. Super anti-vax and weird. Is he? Sense. he he's very much vaccines create autism. Oh. Hmm. He's every like one think, of he's one of the people that started that movement, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> every time I think of Rob Schneider, I think of South Park making fun of him and they're like, Rob Schneider <laughs> is a carrot. Starring Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider in <laughs> the state blue. <laughs> <laughs> just stupid shit like that. I just feel like Rob Schneider like did like the shit movies and like that's all he's ever gonna like the yeah, hot that, chick and things that like that. That man peaked with that man peaked with Deuce Bigelow, Mel Gigolo. That's what yeah. it was. Deuce Big not the hot chick, Deuce Bigelow. No, I think he wasn't the hot chick as well. He wasn't the hot yeah, chick he too, was. yeah. He was the hot and, chick. Uh, the animal. Ah, the animal. Yeah, because I feel like I feel like Deuce Bigelow was like his his big hit, and then he came out with those other ones and it was just so bad. Okay, Hubie Halloween is like the Halloween version of Eight Crazy Nights. Okay, okay, I like Crazy Eight Crazy Nights. Yeah, I, like I always forget that's a movie too. I because that's a technical foul. That. 
That's one of my Christmas ones. Technical foul. <laughs> technical foul. <laughs> All right, we should probably watch that one this 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 year, man. Yeah, Same. I'm gonna try to find a watch it this year because it was on Netflix. I, uh, I think last week. year or the year before. It was on there for a while because, like, me yeah. and my older brother would watch it every year. But nice. Let's get into the the actual show now. Uh, we've been watching some stuffs. Yep. Let's see. Some things. Did you ever finish All Quiet's on the Western Front? No, I haven't. Okay, well, then we'll move on. Um, so I got, just so we have an update here, uh, 51 movies within 2022 is how many I've seen. It's, well, no, I was going to say it's almost a movie a week, but it's, it's more It's almost than like that. a movie a day. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, no. 51 movies? That is yeah. almost a movie a week. There's 52 weeks in a year. Yeah, but we still have like what eight more weeks left, or something like that. That's true. He's probably gonna watch. He's gonna watch a few more new movies. So yeah, so it's gonna yeah. be more than that. Let me start with a couple. We'll say every we... five, every five business days. <laughs> <laughs> Let me start with a couple that you guys haven't seen. Um, real quick. Uh, let's go first. The menu since it just came out. Um. Go see this movie. Go see this fucking movie. It's amazing. It, it it's literally the best uh, review I can give for it. It's. Have you ever seen Chef made by John Favreau, directed, yes. written? Love that so, movie. So, so think of that. You've never seen Chef, Joe. No, it, it did not look interesting to me. You, oh my god, it's, dude, you gotta watch funny, it. It's funny, dude. It's funny as hell. It's got basically like everybody from Iron Man it's, in it too. It's it's uh <laughs> <Okay. laughs> it's it's written and directed by John Favreau, also okay. starring as the main character, has Bobby Cavanell in it for a few scenes. Okay. It has John Ligazamo as Robert his uh, as his uh sous chef on his uh food truck. Okay. It has Robert Downey Jr., Sofia Vergara. Um, the dude that is famous and I want to say Austin for making the um roasts, like the, the barbecue roast, like the guy with the glasses, you you he's big, like a big Franklin's? chef. I want to say so. He look he looks like he's a rockabilly dude with like uh black rimmed glasses and things like that. Like if That's I pulled up a picture of him. That's almost everybody in Austin. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta pull up this picture. Um I'm sure if he I, might he might mean Franklin's. That's what I'm thinking, because that's like the the most famous like barbecue spot in Austin. Yeah, one that has like a nine hour wait for food and stuff like that. I don't think he means blacks. Yeah. Franklin's. Yeah. Franklin's. Okay. Uh, the the guy with the black glasses. Like, if you looked him, yeah, Franklin's. Okay. Um, so he's in it for a little bit because the story is is uh John Favreau plays uh. Dustin Hoffman's in it as well. Scarlett Johansson's in it as well. Um, but he plays uh, a sh- like a famous chef in L.A. Um, who gets a bad review from a food critic and like goes ballistic on the food critic. Um, and it's not necessarily his fault that he got a bad review. It was more like Dustin Hoffman's fault that he got a bad review because he wanted to do... Uh, like a chef's tasting menu and Dustin Hoffman's like no just make the stuff that's already on the menu the stuff that you made him before and he's like 
why would I do that? That's dumb. So then um, he goes crazy. Someone filmed it. It gets pop viral on YouTube. Um, so he decides to open up a food truck. And so then him and his son and John Leguizamo all travel to because John Leguizamo is his sous chef at the restaurant, but he decides to leave with them um, to pursue this food truck thing. And they just drive around the country doing different food spots, like stops and things like that. And then eventually he turns it into they're making their uh, famous like food truck, like the thing that people go for are his uh, Cuban sandwiches. Um. And so then he eventually, with the help of Robert Downey Jr.'s money and Sofia Vergara and things like that, uh, he eventually opens up his own restaurant. Um, but it's it's a really good move. It's funny. It's It's got like a nice little sweet charm to it too. Um, but the reason John Favreau made it was because he had just gotten off of like making the Marvel movies at that time. I want to say he made it around like 2015-ish around that time somewhere around there yeah um and he wanted to go back to his old school filmmaking which is his independent movie style because he did he was kind of burnt out on the the big marvel stuff at the time so then he went and made that and it's it's a really fun movie the one thing i absolutely love about that movie is um he worked with an actual chef to learn how to cook for the movie so all the scenes that you see of him cooking are him actually cooking oh that's pretty cool and then they got um, an actual like cooking show called yeah the chef it's show. on netflix really good. yep so uh I, they like there's a whole episode and again they go across like different restaurants and stuff like that but there's a whole episode on the netflix show where they come to atlanta and in that episode, you get Tom Holland, you get Robert Downey Jr., you get the yep. Russo brothers all <laughs> eating at a restaurant in Atlanta. And like, it's cool because Tom Holland's like still kind of like a kid at this point. And he's like, so what's food like in America? And they're like, no, bro, what's food like in England? <laughs> and he's like, oh, you know, it's just spotted pudding and stuff. <laughs> he was not interested in it at all. Um, lemon pepper wings, please. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, so, but like the way Favreau shot those cooking scenes are like better than anything you would ever see on the Food Network, to be honest. Yeah. Like they're just, they're absolutely like stunning food scenes. So you get that in the menu and then you get Adam Weingard, your next, which kind of has like the, like a one by one, they all fall down kind of like vibe to it. You know what I mean? I did not um, like your next. I, I understand. I'm just saying you get that like yeah, that yeah, vibe of like one at like a time. That so um I actually rewatched it in October and it doesn't hold up as much as what I thought it did back in the day. And it, it's kind of because that movie came out in 2014. So like that's not a long time to not age pretty well, but whatever. Yeah. Um so with the menu, you get kind of a good mixture of those movies. Um Ralph Fiennes is in this movie playing the chef. And let me tell you this. This is the first time since watching Schindler's List that I was actually able to enjoy Ralph Fiennes in a movie. Like, without just being like, what the fuck? I hate this guy. <laughs> like, even as Voldemort, I'm just like, Ugh, it's the dude from Schindler's List. Ugh. 
But like, I like him as Voldemort, though. I don't get me wrong; he's great as Voldemort. But it's after watching Schindler's List, it's really hard to watch him in things because, like, all you see is his character in Schindler's List. Like, he played that so bad, like so well a, that you just hated him. I'm assuming he's a Nazi. Yeah, like okay. the worst one. Like, there's a scene where he's doing target practice for fun. So he plays a chef, and he basically invites all these people to his restaurant that is on an island, give them uh, an experience that they would never have before. Some of the people had already been there, like there was like a food critic or whatever that had already been there, and then like some other people were new to the whole experience and things like that. Um, It's got Anna Tyler-Joy in it. It has Nicholas Holt in it as well John Leguizamo's in it as well um Ralph Fiennes like I said there's a couple other people I just don't know their names um one of them's like a comedian I just can't think of his name right now um but as the meal goes on things get progressively weirder and weirder like they're all like this is a joke like why are you serving us these things and they don't understand why it's like the vibe is off and then he uh during i think it was the second course what's what was cool about the movie to me was he that they uh each chapter of the movie was broken down by the course so like you get first course second course but it's not like first course second course it's a moose bouche first course second course yada 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 and every time they show a dish they show they show like a a standard like display of the dish you know what i mean like what you would see in a commercial or whatever and then they would give you a subtitle of the dish name and what it is so they would explain the dish to you um so at one point at one point nicholas holt's character who's like a wannabe food critic or whatever and apparently annoyed the chef to get his spot on this restaurant um the chef like baits him into cooking a meal this is when things are like all all the way fucked up um and he serves him like a raw lamb chop and like it's not good at all <laughs> but when they showed like the they showed like the the fancy like shot of the food and all that it literally the dish's name was like nick's bullshit <laughs> and it was like a raw fucking pork chop and things like that that's what it said for the subtitles um, isn't it tyler's bullshit or something like that whatever because uh, I saw like a picture from a Alamo Draft House and they're like special menu for it. And there's one called Tyler's That's what Bullshit. his name was Tyler. I, was like, I love yeah. that. <laughs> um, and then I agree. Tyler uh, is bullshit. So exactly. So basically, everyone except Anna Tyler Joy is supposed to be there. Uh, like he invited these people to the restaurant for a specific reason. Like the reason uh, John Legazamo was there was because the night that his wife divorced him or something like that, he just happened to watch, because John Leguizamo plays an actor in the movie, he happens to watch one of his movies, and it was absolutely horrible in his opinion, so he wanted to kill him for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. That's pretty good. Uh, he wanted, he want, uh, like, he invited the food critic because she was, like, his first, like, praise in the food industry, and, uh, all like a bunch of like restaurants that she reviewed ended up getting shut down because of her reviews 
So at like one point they make tacos because tacos are like a sentimental thing for him for Taco Tuesday, yada, yada, yada. And on the tortilla shells, he used laser etching to like laser etch sketchy shit about them. <laughs> like one person, he like laser etched their tax returns on it because they are terrible about them. Um, there was a rule that they weren't allowed to take pictures of the food. So the character of Tyler was taking pictures of the food. So they etched that onto a tortilla shell. And Difficult he's like, what Tyler. the fuck? What, he's like, what the fuck? Yeah, um, sounds like me. So then, <laughs> so then uh, they send Anna Tyler Joy to go do something. She ends up seeing, like going to his private re- residence or something like that. And seeing like the bunker that he lives and things like that. And sees like his best food review ever. And it was about when he was just a line cook at a burger shop and how he made a really good burger. Um, but the whole time she's trying to convince him and that she's not supposed to be there to like, let her go, let her live. Uh, and, and he's trying to figure out what he should do with her. Like, does he kill her with everyone else or does he kill her with the staff? Cause everyone's going to die at the end of this meal. That's they already established that uh, in the movie. Um, like literally trigger warning, a chef literally like he pre- he brings him forward. It's like his sous chef or something like that. And he has him explain a meal. And the reason why he made the meal is because he's so obsessed with his boss that he wants his life. So then he kills himself right there as part of like the experience. And you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like you could see it coming, but when it happened, you're just like, what the fuck? Um, but the thing is, is this movie gets really goofy and they're not afraid to get goofy and it actually works for the movie. Like the ending of the movie, spoiler, human s'mores. That's the best way I could put it. He he absolutely hates s'mores. He thinks it's a culinary, like just tragedy, just how gross they are. So he literally has the chefs make like marshmallow bodysuits and like chocolate hats. And they spread graham crackers that they use as ignition and like put giant sticks with marshmallows down that are on fire and light the whole restaurant on fire. And that's how the movie ends with him like blowing them up like that while they're s'mores. So like you're watching people like die and chocolate like melt on them. Um, But the only person that lives is Anna Tyler Joy because she saw that article about his basically the whole like theme of the the dinner itself was um, remembering things like things that you've done in your past or whatever and like how you wrong people. So when Anna Tyler Joy finally cracked it, she got because she wouldn't eat any of the food. She said it was wasn't her style or anything like that. She figured out what to do and it was to ask him for a burger because there was a really good exchange. It was like. I don't like any of your food. He's like, well, what can we make for you? She goes, what do you have? He goes, we have everything. And she goes, well, I want a cheeseburger. He goes, what kind of cheese? American cheese. He goes, American cheese is good cheese for a cheeseburger because it won't break. And like, it's this whole exchange. And they show a really like elegant scene of him cooking a classic cheeseburger with fries and all that. And then she takes a bite and she goes, you know, my stomach was bigger than my eyes or my stomach was smaller than my eyes. So can I take this to go? And he's like, yes, we will wrap it up for you. And then she gets the leap. That's how she lives is because she asked him to do the one thing that he actually loves, which is cooking real food. That's and I like that. I love the <laughs> no. ending too, because it didn't, it didn't like leave it open-ended to be like edgy or anything like that. It just ends the perfect way to end that movie. And the fact that like you're watching people 
literally human s'mores. Like that shit's funny as hell. Question. Did she not eat the food because she was trying to figure out how to survive? Or no, she really that- did not like the food. It was pretentious. Like when okay. they get on the boat, when they get on the boat to get to the island, it's like uh it's like a oyster, but it's like he took the oyster and made it into like lemon pearls or something like that okay. and put it in like a foam bath. And it was just like, what? Just give me an oyster. Okay. But it's also pretentious yeah. of her to be like, this is too good for me. Give me some cheap shit. Come on. But if you're, if you're going when you to see the movie, you'll understand when you okay. see the movie, you'll understand. Okay. Okay. I'll give you that. Cause it was, it was all about, like I said, it was all about like remembering like your past and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And for her, the way she ended up, outsmarting the chef basically is got him to remember why he liked cooking in the first place. Right. Okay. That's fair. Cause it wasn't to make this big expensive, like exclusive menu or anything like that. It was just to make hungry people feel good about what they eat. Yeah. It was a really good movie. I gave it um, five stars. Yeah. I gave it five stars. Great movie. Um, The other one I watched was See How They Run, which has um, Sam Rockwell in it, as as well as Adrian Brody, David Oyelowo, Cersei Ronan, uh, the lady who plays Morning Myrtle in the Harry Potter movies, um, and some other people. And it's a murder mystery and a movie. But think about that, or it's a whodunit movie, really. Uh, and they literally open up the movie with Adrian Brody, who's the victim of the entire thing, um, going, uh, it's a whodunit movie. You've seen them one, you've seen them all. Um, they don't they they don't change anything, they're all the same, but they each do their own thing at the same time. Like that's base. And then he spends the next 10 minutes explaining what you're about to watch in the movie. And then in comes Sam Rockwell, and then it's a typical whodunit movie. You've seen one, you've seen them all. It's a whodunit movie. They they go through everything, and then they falsely accuse someone, and then they go through everything again, and then solve the real crime and all that. Whodunit movie. Uh, I gave it a four and a half stars because it was really fun. Uh, I also enjoyed that it was only 98 minutes long. It wasn't stretched out to two hours for the purpose of just stretching out a movie to two hours it was a tight hour and 38 minutes got in got out told you what it was going to do and did it there was also this like um kind of a bit of like a a meta factor to it like they knew what they were doing the whole movie so it felt very meta which was fun there was also a wes anderson vibe to the whole movie wasn't directed by wes anderson or anything like that but there was like a like a pink ish like the color palette to it was very wes anderson the court there was some quirky editing and acting styles that felt very wes anderson so like i had to look up at one point to see if it was a wes anderson film and i just completely missed that and it wasn't and it was actually this dude's i forget who directed it but it was their first it was their directorial debut so i was like oh damn this is a really good movie for your first movie out um like just like a like a nice nod to him maybe yeah, and I think the movie itself is might be based off some Agatha like it I couldn't really understand it because the the lady from Harry Potter who plays Moaning Myrtle plays Agatha Christie in the movie. 
Okay. And they're doing an Agatha Christie play on the West End in the United Kingdom or in England. Um, and there's a dude playing David Attenborough in it as well. I like David Attenborough. So I don't I don't know if it's like a like a like the play or the movie or whatever is based off of something or like the play that they're doing in the show. It's called The Mousetrap. Maybe David Attenborough did like that on the West End back in the day, and that's why they did. I don't know, but yeah, it was really cool. It um. And the other one I watched, last one, and then we can move on. Uh, if you have Hulu, I highly, 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 highly recommend this movie. It's called Fresh. Uh, it stars Sebastian Stan and da- Daisy Edgar Jones. I gave it five stars. Uh, this movie is wild, and I absolutely loved it. And it's uh, at its core, it's a movie about the horrors of dating in the digital world with a cannibalistic twist. Everything about this movie was so damn good. I found myself laughing in parts that maybe I shouldn't have. Like the other crazy thing about this movie, first off, is there's a 30 minute opening to this movie. You get 30 minutes in before you get the title of the movie. That's weird. It's That's weird. a long time. But it it worked, dude, because where it's cause so like you get you get the whole like beginning of the relationship between Daisy Edgar Jones and Sebastian Stan. You get them meeting, you get them going on dates. You get them, um, she decides to go on vacation with him to some location. I don't remember where. Um, and then right where the like the time split happens, where the uh, the title card comes up and then the rest of the movie happens, is right where he decides to drug her and then the rest of the movie happens. So that's when you get into the, the cannibalistic side of this movie. Um so then, like, after, like, and I'm not talking that like, you just get the title card. Like, you just get fresh on the screen or anything. Like, you get full credits, too. You get Daisy Edgar Jones' name popping up, like, theme music and, like, a theme, like, title card in the background. Like, it was crazy. Um, and then you wake up and Daisy Edgar Jones is like, where am I? And Sebastian Sanchez is like, oh, yeah, I drugged you. You're in my house. Like, uh, da da explains everything to her. Um and so then you get to like the first like scene of him performing body surgery on her to harvest her meat and everything like that because he also tells her that's why that's why you're chained up i'm going to harvest your meat and sell it i'm going to keep you as long as alive as long as i can uh because the meat's better that way yada 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 um <laughs> So he drugs her again. He drugs her again <laughs> and they start performing surgery, right? <laughs> and she wakes up mid-surgery and he's like listening to like some 80s pop song, just like singing along. And then she's like, What are you doing? By the way, he's performing surgery on her ass. He's he's cutting off her ass to harvest that meat. So she's that like, What are you doing? So he's like what are you doing and he goes oh, i'm taking that ass <laughs> what the fuck i can imagine just the writers and they write down they're just like <laughs> and then and then right yeah, after he says one. that right after he says that i'll have to send you this the picture of it um so you can see the face that he makes but right after it says that he slides back into frame and goes with the song and start singing and dancing i'm like what the hell did they first of all you just said you're gonna take her ass and now you're you're singing and dancing while performing a surgery knowing you're gonna eat this woman 
like ass like come on and like most of the reviews on letterbox by the way are just like man this takes ass eating to a whole new level hell yeah <laughs> um why didn't you so, why did you start with that to begin with i'm like yeah i'm all in on this movie <laughs> and then um and then uh so the, as the movie goes on uh the best her best friend starts like figuring out that like the text messages she's getting are not from her friend they're from the dude so she tracks down his house, figures out he's actually married to another woman. Yeah, yeah. So she gets to his house. This is probably like the creepiest part of the whole movie. Her best friend gets to this house. He walks in and she's like, you're so-and-so, right? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then she calls her phone and he happens, I don't know why, but he happens to have her phone her in his pocket still. And he's like, you shouldn't have done that. And then you figure out that his wife is actually involved in all of this too. So she like slaps her in the head with the toaster. And then starts performing surgery on her. They escape. Um, Daisy Edgar Jones's character manipulates Sebastian Stan's character into thinking she wants to start becoming a cannibal too. And then uses it to outsmart him and then eventually like kill him and escape. And then the wife is there. So then he has to like, she has to go fight her and kill her and things like that. And then the movie ends. The movie opens with her going on a date with a dude named Chad. And like, it's like the worst date ever. Like, he's just talking about all his problems. He's talking about like, like she didn't eat all her food. And so um, he was like, well, if you're not going to eat those, I'll take those leftovers. I like leftovers. Blah, blah, blah. Um, then he goes in for a kiss and she's like, well, I don't think we're, no, this is not going to happen. He's like, fine. You're not my type anyway, bitch. It walks away. Like typical, like just douchebag dude. <laughs> so then the movie the movie literally ends with her getting a text message because she finally has signal from Chad and it's the classic you up text message. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> um but yeah, I highly recommend Fresh. I gave that one five stars. And with that, I do want to say uh that movie uh came out in like March on a on Hulu, I think, maybe January-ish. And I'm really upset with myself that I didn't watch it earlier. Like, that was such a good movie. And it made me sit there for a few minutes afterwards and be like, I don't know where my uh, top five this year are going to be. Like, it, it's moved around a lot. Because I know we did, uh, I don't, were you here for this one, Tyler? Where we did the uh, mid-year, like, this is what our top movies are at the mid-year point kind of deal. Were you on that episode? I, I don't think so i think it was right after nope and every yeah that we recorded that one mm. I, either way i i, I, I know, remember it but i don't i know I we did like a mid-year episode a mid like yeah a mid-year episode where we were like this is our top five right now and i don't remember what mine were at the time but i'm sure they've changed yeah you have to go back to no, the episode and and check the lists yeah, yeah you know dude, what? for I, sure. I was on that one. I I remember doing it now, but I I don't remember what my list was or anything like that. Yeah, I'll for sure re-listen to that while we make our other lit, like our actual definitive year in list, and see how much it changed. Sounds good. Shall we begin, gentlemen? What? Yeah. Wait, weren't you going to talk about Black Panther? No. All right, well then, Tyler, what did you think of Pearl? Uh, so damn good. I 
I don't even know what to say about it. Like, I, I really don't want to ruin it for Joe. So I'd rather not like talk about it until he's seen it. But I just, I really didn't think that they would be able to top X, but God damn, did they top X. I'm, I'm going to watch Pearl. Just, I, I went to Best Buy the other day because you, you said you had bought it, Brady. I was I like, bought it at Best Walmart, Buy. bro. Yeah, yeah, I know. But I was like, let me go to Best Buy to go buy it because I don't like going to fucking Walmart. Um, I bought X because they had it there, but they're not going to carry Pearl until like either next week or like toward the end of December. Then just get. I know you don't That's want to go to a weird. Walmart, but just I know, get, I know. That's I like. That's I stupid. I, it's out. They should have it. Yeah, I don't understand why, but like, I just haven't had time to go to Walmart now. I'm like, fuck, I don't want to go to Walmart. Or even just yeah. rent it on Amazon. That's. I might I just do. go to Target and buy it because I'm always at fucking Target. Um, I want to buy it. I don't. I don't know necessarily. Like, I have to rewatch it again. Like, I've already rewatched it since buying it. Yeah. But I want to rewatch it again. But um, I don't necessarily know if it topped X for me, but I do think that it enhanced it a little bit. Definitely. <laughs> it also felt very Twilight Zony in a weird way. Yeah, I get that. And the constant like soundtrack to it as well, like in the background. Oh, so yeah. like, I don't know. The best way I can describe it is going over to your grandparents' house and your grandpa is like sitting on the couch just watching like a random 50s procedural show. Like yeah. just like it's not necessarily a cop show, but they always just feel cop showy. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what that's what Pearl felt like to me. Like one like I was just sitting at my grandparents' house watching an old school TV show. Yeah, I get that feel. In the best way possible. Like it felt warm, weirdly. Not the word I would use for it, but <laughs> what did would you say it gave you like little house in the prairie vibes? Cause that's the kind of vibe I got from the trailer. No. Maybe if Little House on the no. Prairie did a line of cocaine before going. I mean, you never yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't know. It, it the just movie went like, wild. Yeah, it was it was a lot creepier than X. Like from from what I remember of X, I think I only watched it that once in the theater. But you want to come by and watch it? Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like just from the get go, like. X kind of had that build up into like the creepiness and stuff like that. Pearl was pretty much just on a fucking dime. Like, here we go. <laughs> like, buckle the fuck in. Yeah, I'm going to watch that very soon. I'm just, I'm just, I'll probably buy it, buy it this weekend. You all right, Ray? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Like, <laughs> staring <laughs> off into oblivion. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now we're going to begin the movies for the show. You yeah. Gotta, you gotta, you know, okay. I'm going to let Tyler go first because every time he gets up, his fucking background is creeping me out. <laughs> And so since it's the background, smile, yeah, we're gonna talk about <laughs> Smile now, which is the first movie uh, we're, we're gonna go about on the show today. So yeah, we're gonna talk uh, about Smile. So I honestly don't know how I feel about this movie. Uh, while the acting was really bad, I felt like it was making a good point on how we've stigmatized mental health issues, uh, how people react when you try to talk about what you're feeling in an episode, and the lon loneliness of having people, sometimes even the ones you're closest to, uh, dismiss it as craziness. But then we got to whatever the fuck that ending was, and they just threw the whole thing out the window. Uh, despite the bad acting, I was actually somewhat enjoying the story. It made me feel like I was watching one of those 80s horror films like Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street with the stylization of the credits 
some of the beginning shots where they're uh, talking straight into the camera and stuff like that. But honestly, I feel like everything it had built just fell off entirely when she had the moment of her ex changing and saying he'd be there forever. And even more when she runs into the house and sees the giant Steve Harvey face thing that tears its own skin off and crawls into her mouth. What the fuck was that? Uh, what did that have to do with anything else? And I put two stars because Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> really? Okay. For me, <clears throat> um, this movie kind of got under my skin, and I think we've talked. I've talked a little bit about it before, and I think I'm um, I'm slowly you know I've realized it probably within the past year. Um, but I'm thinking like I I struggle with anxiety more than I really thought, and um, I do have a like I feel like a history of kind of seeing things that aren't there like on the, in the corners of my eyes, like in the, in the peripherals of my eyes. Um, so to kind of be like, I'm seeing things and nobody believes me was kind of striking a nerve with me with this movie. Yeah. And, you know, cause no one was, nobody was taking her seriously. And like you said, you know, it's like, it was a, it was a good representation of people who are struggling with mental health. And people are like, yeah, we'll help you. We'll help you. But they're like, she's like, they're fucking crazy. Like they're yeah. like, they wanted to be there for you, but behind their back, they're saying, yeah, they're fucking mental, which is what sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but like I said, I've, I think I've realized more so in the last year that I, I deal with anxiety. Cause I like, I've seen like the, um, like what the, the, like, I don't want to say symptoms, but like, what are some of the, the, like the, types of behavior that people with anxiety do suffer from like what they do and i do a lot of that yeah and just like oh like maybe i do have it and i think as this past year has kind of unfolded like i i, I do kind of deal with it i should probably talk to somebody more about it um but Air this movie bro. just kind of yeah i know man <laughs> uh, but i think this like i think that's why this movie really got under my skin because it was playing to to that and the like seeing things that aren't there that kind of trip me out sometimes and so i think that's why with the movie was like holy shit like this is this is really getting under my skin and it it wasn't it was a decent story i liked it um i I guess it's just been a while since i've seen like a a movie with jump scares that kind of like actually made me jump even though like I kind of knew they were coming, I'm like, oh, it's gonna happen. And it happens, I'm like, ah, like it actually like legit. Like I would just laugh, but I would still kind of jump. Um, so I guess that was just it was just kind of refreshing for me, like to have a movie kind of actually get to me for something that I'm not used to being like feeling like it's it's kind of calling me out. I I did like the mind games it played with us overall. Like when she went back to the house and um her therapist was there and she uh then the phone rings and it, it's her therapist on the phone and it's the like the voice in her head you know kind of portraying the therapist and telling her you know time's almost up i just i thought it was really good um when it got down to the home like i kind of saw the ending coming a mile away and when it got down to being at her old childhood home and kind of facing her demons there i have i thought that was pretty um interesting 
um, when I saw the monster take shape and be as big as the, you know, as the room, I thought to myself, this is what the monster from Barbarian should have looked like. And it should have been this big. Same thing. It should have been that big. <laughs> if the monster from Barbarian was that big, that would been that would make it even better. Um, and I, I know you can, you know, you said what the fuck it was when it tore the skin off, but I feel like that's necessary because you, if she's kind of like dealing with her own personal demons, it takes the form of some someone or something you know. But really, you know, it's it's the monster inside of it that's that's getting to you. So for it to end up with its skin off and like to be the true monster it is and try to, you know, basically swallow her. Like that's just that's the evil that's trying, you know, in its in its pure form, kind of get into it. Um I was and then for the like after all that happened and you think she's better, they fucking 1408 you and you know, she goes back to the ex-boyfriend's apartment and she's still kind of stuck in it and i was like oh fuck i thought she was out and then it kind of looped back around um i was like okay that's fine but the movie kind of like at the end i was like i was just kind of like ah fuck um but i actually enjoyed this movie i had a good time with it it's nothing you know over the top you know game changer but i think just because it got under my skin the way it did it kind of made me feel vulnerable and it's been a long time since a horror movie's made me feel vulnerable like that. And I, I enjoyed it. I'd give it probably four stars. Yeah. <laughs> because, I of I, like, because like I said, old no chin ass Brady. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I watched it like before both of y'all, like <laughs> when Brady watched it, like he messaged me. He's like, yo, you didn't tell me barbarian shows up at the end of smile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, when I told him I, after I finished watching it, we, we started chatting about it and he made that reference. I was like, I legit thought this is how big Barbarian should have been. Yeah. It would have been cool. Man, fuck this movie. <laughs> <laughs> <Maybe> one star. <laughs> one star. We're going, we're going off one star right here. Uh, jump scares in association with gaslighting present smile. Right. That, yeah. is, that sums up the movie right there. Uh, there were so many jump scares in this movie. I thought I was in like 2006 again, maybe even 2002. Cause like, God damn dude, just jump scares everywhere. Uh, this movie was awful. Just straight dog water, fucking dumpster fire bullshit. Uh, if you've ever seen it follows, you've seen this movie. It follows is about uh, an allegory for STDs. This is an allegory about gaslighting and mental trauma and things like that. I usually try to find the good in movies, even bad ones. Um, but I no, there's nothing. It's it's a soulless, boring, recycled concept that's supposed to be about, like I said, tr- mental trauma and how people downplay mental health. But when you get to the end, the idea of anything, a plot point, anything, literally, spoiler, goes up in flames and just ends. It's it's a fucking movie. Like this movie's fucking terrible. Yeah. We've watched I mean, worse. <laughs> I mean, how many horror movies really give you the ending you want? None of them. A lot of them. <laughs> None of them. Of more recent. Because like, like you said, if you're thinking about more 2000, okay. like because of jump scares, me... how many, how many old like jump scare like movies kind of gave you like a solid satisfaction? Like, oh, that was great. 
most of those early 2000 movies had good satisfaction satisfactory endings very little did not there was more good like closed not open-ended unless you knew there was it was part of a series or whatever uh okay, maybe that's like something actual like I'm thinking more of a series actual ending but there, the, but but you gotta look. You can't say that because this isn't part of a series. This is a standalone movie. Yeah, so to go I, off I, your question, think, based I off think... of standalone movies, and this being a standalone movie, the, a lot of those jump scary fucking movies back in the early two thousands actually had good solid endings. This movie, no. I may be thinking more so of like your typical like franchise ones because that's when I think of jump scares. I think of the big franchise movies. Yeah, same. But even even then, dude, like if you if you're saying like Friday Thirteen things like that, there there's not there, there's some jump scares, but there's not a lot. I, I you could you could argue that uh, Final Destination is a very jump scary movie because that was kind of like mm-hmm. when the start of like me, but nothing actually happens. Like the music plays, but nothing actually happens, kind of deal. But like this movie was terrible. And I'm in the I'm in the minority apparently because I was looking on Letterbox and other things and a lot of people loved it and that's great for them. I thought this movie sucked ass. I mean, it, the, it's the not... acting was terrible. Yes, the the, <laughs> yes, the script was. the script itself was it, it, it was there. It was a good script. Don't get me wrong. It 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 had the idea of something, but like I said, they literally lit it on fire and said, "There's your ending." Yeah, it's definitely not the worst like, thing I've ever seen, but it's not anything impressive or anything like that. How how do you go from there's this thing like in the shadows that no one else can see smiling at me to big Martha over there at the end? Like how? Like where's the yeah. connection? Yeah, that's what bothered that me. That wasn't there before. Like if, if maybe if she showed up at one point, because they always showed that like it takes shape of like things that you're traumatic about i like her mom or things like that you know or like the lady said that like she saw her grandpa who died in front of her and things like that like that makes sense and like it, it kind of did like like they did kind of have her like they went back i to mean her she goes and things she like goes that. back to that doctor's house who would draw what he believed he saw but it was your typical like person who was dealing with a weird traumatic experience or like seeing things and they draw it out and she can't exactly go to someone and say, hey, what is it you saw? Because they all died, except for the one guy. Yeah. And like I said, it's... Again, it's that's a, writing. They could have changed that. But it's also something like... Or, said, for or me, the like, dude in prison. He could have said something. He didn't want to because he didn't want to go back but, down that road. But again, that's the writing of the movie. They could have changed that. They could have wrote well, that why, better. Why give her now? Yeah. So it would make more sense when it comes to the end. Then if the dude said, if the dude in prison or whatever said, hey, just so you know, it's not always going to be someone you know. It could be this big, large fucking thing attacking you that opens its mouth and eats you or whatever. Okay, well, now you have a connection to the ending. Now the ending actually makes sense. But then you get to like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. It's her mom. Cool. But why does her mom look like fucking barbarian at this point? Because it's not her mom. It's It's the monster inside of her. I, what the fuck? I got what they were going for it just it felt so out of place like at that point in time i will give it this there's one scene in the very beginning where she's first of all this lady never needs to like handle wine glasses in her life because she just drops them left and right um 
but there's that one scene in the beginning when she first gets home where like she's standing there and in the shadows it took me a minute for my eyes to adjust to realize there was someone standing there smiling at her that was a cool scene i'll give it that but then but then the rest of them for and then another thing that bothered me about this movie was the cat why did we need to kill the cat what was the point of killing the cat what was the point of killing the cat and then putting it in a, in a box for a little kid to open up? What was the point of the killing the cat, putting it in a box for a little kid to open up for her to backflip into a coffee table? What was all this for? I mean, like you said, it was gaslighting. Like, yeah, exactly. It was stupid. It was stupid. It was fucking like stupid. I, Fuck this movie. It, like this it, movie. That part fit. <laughs> this movie kind of, I feel like it took hints from, from hereditary i.e. the naked body standing in the shadows and smiling um the upside down shots when she's driving you know and it has the upside down aerial view I you just it. said it right there it takes ideas from better movies it, it doesn't have an original thought in its mind like i said it's that movie it follows literally the same exact thing one person does this and it passes it on to someone else she said oh my god you see this thing now i'm going to show it to you pass it on to her Sort of yada yada yada. It literally takes ideas from other good movies. Like it follows is okay at best. Like it follows is one of those movies that got hyped up back in the day when it came out. I watched it. I was like, all right, I get it, but it's not great to me. Hereditary's like that too. Don't get me wrong. It it's probably a great movie. I haven't watched it yet. But you also got to realize, hold on, hold on. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying there is a hype to it that gets people excited to watch it. You you got to recognize that. But my point is this. It's take and from what I hear, the movie's really good. And I'm not saying it's not, but because you're saying it's really good, and for the last like, I don't know, four years that this movie's been out, everyone's always like, But have you seen hereditary? Have you seen hereditary? And it's taking ideas from good movies and shitting them out and not making a better product or anything. It literally does nothing new. And I don't think movies tech like specifically have to do something new every time. You don't because you can only have so many new ideas. You can only have so many new ideas, though. It's the same thing with music. You only have so many new things you can do. You're going to hear something repeat. But but the thing is, is here's the thing, though. And I I wouldn't say this this about. And this goes back to. Let me let me say this. I wouldn't say this about a normal movie. The reason why I have an issue with it is because yes, you are right. Movies are not always going to be new, like new ideas or anything like that when they come out. But within the horror genre itself, you can have like 40,000 fucking slasher movies. And out of those 40,000 slasher movies, they're all going to do the same thing. But there is at least 30 of them that stand out for doing the same thing just a little bit differently. And that's all they had to do. And that's not what they did. The horror genre itself, the horror genre itself is very good about doing the same thing and not everyone working, but there is like, there is ones that do take off like hereditary. I'm sure hereditary could be compared to something else, but for whatever reason, it could be the cinematography in that movie. It could be the acting in that movie. It could be the, the story, the story, the writing of that movie, whatever reason hereditary took off. It might, like I said, I haven't seen it. I, I probably, I don't know if I'll watch it at this point. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. But my point is it's, it's the horror movie that I'm sure shares the same idea theme something to another horror movie i'm sure someone could come out and be like yeah hereditary is very much this movie but they did something that was different enough or just bold enough to 
be hyped up and popular like it is. The same reason why Jordan Peele is such a popular horror director right now. Sure, Get Out is a is a is a fucking it's 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 Stepford Wives, but about race. All right, but it's because he did something bold. It's because he took the political not political commentary, but just like social commentary and put it into his movie and then also used like you know fun music to lighten up the mood and things like that that's why it took off it was a different enough movie within the horror genre of repeating ideas to be able to be like you know what this is a good movie compared to this and i'm just saying smile could have done something but they didn't i get where you're coming from but this kind of goes back to the argument we have or the conversation we're seeing earlier you know we we have a hard there's very little original new content and i feel like with horror it's very hard to get something that that is very much a big hit like jordan peele's it's a very saturated market yeah it's a very saturated but why market. does x work why does pearl work they're x x for most part is is texas chainsaw and friday the 13th put together but look at the company it's coming from they take more of a chance there's now, your point right there for hereditary then. That's not what I'm getting to. What I'm getting to is for Smile. It's, I'm sure they, yes, like I said, they take the, the kind of hints from hereditary, but they're like, you look, you know, if, if you, they probably like, they pitch it to the director or to the executives, they're like, hey, look, you know, it kind of, they, they probably saw and they're like, okay, it kind of has this, this of a vibe, this of a vibe. I like those movies. That sounds good. Let's book it. You're not. But, you're, horror but there's going to be one executive in that oversaturated movie. market, though. You're, you're right. I'm not saying you're wrong at all. But what I am saying is, there's a reason why horror movies are kind of a big popular genre because even though they do repeat themselves, there is always something that stands out about it. Not always. That, to me, the, not always. To me, there wasn't anything in this movie that stood out. I don't know. I just, I didn't like it. I, Fuck this I, under, movie. I understand why Joe likes it, especially with him saying. Like, but Joe, I'm glad you liked it, dude. Like, I I'm glad you were able to connect to it. Like that's yeah, yeah, no. like it for sure. <laughs> no, like like that's the thing. I can hate all over this movie, but I'm glad someone in this group fucking likes it, and I'm glad we have a like a different opinion. Yeah. No, I like got. I definitely like. I might be wrong, but you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say your 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 opinions are limited now, ever since because you said you haven't watched Hereditary and you kind of don't want to watch it now out of spite. <laughs> no, I I understand why you like it, Joe. It's especially if you are just like kind of now realizing like you're dealing with the same thing and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I've I've been dealing with that for at least ten years now. I so mean, I'm just, just kind of numb to it. <laughs> I just think it's kind of weird. Like it takes a like it took a horror movie. To be like, hey, you have anxiety. Talk yeah. to somebody. Like, <laughs> even now, man, my legs just fucking bouncing up and down. Like it's just honestly, it's just you know, always a you thing. Know, <laughs> you know, my worst, my my worst tick is, and I I fucking hate that I do it all the time. I I do this what I'm doing right now. I I pick the skin at the from the yep. corner of my thumb, and and it it hurts, but I hate to feel like the skin grow back and it's calloused and it bothers me. Yep. And so I have to rip it back out again. And it's just, it's such a bad take of mine. I do and that. I I'm it. like, I'm constantly popping my knuckles. Like if you see me, me like, too. just like, I'll just do it. And then I'm starting to try again. And it's just, yeah. I mean, that's, you, that's me, you know, so, but all right. 
that smile. So let's go ahead and move on to the next movie for the for the night. And that's going to be Olivia Wilde's Don't Worry, Darling. And can I start with this one? Go for it. You sure can. <laughs> uh, I gave you two stars. Again, Why? not surprising. Fuck this movie. Why? <laughs> this movie is fucking terrible. Just absolute dog shit. Uh, about 25 minutes into this movie. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are, are you reading your review for Smile or for Don't Worry Darling? Because I feel like you just Don't said the worry, same thing. Don't worry, darling. <laughs> <laughs> no. it's no. Just I mean, they're both pretty much the same thing. About 25 minutes into this movie, a character boldly asks, what are we doing here? To which the cult leader, played by Chris Pine, replies with a monologue about absolutely nothing. And then the movie spends the next hour and 45 minutes not answering the question of, what are we doing here? <laughs> um, I like how this, Brady turned this into a TED Talk. <laughs> this movie, honestly, so is, much. <laughs> this movie is garbage with garbage characters who are very unlikable and garbage chemistry between the, between the cast itself. I'm sorry. I, I tried my hardest to like look past all the drama that was happening post like right before the release and all that but knowing that it was there you can definitely feel it throughout the movie and it took away from the movie for me um i cared so little about everyone in this movie that by the time the twist happened i was slightly confused for like a millisecond because like all of a sudden she has a cell phone i was like what the fuck um and then i just checked out uh and i hate the ending just the ending's stupid. Like it just ends and doesn't answer anything. But I will point out some of the good in this movie. Uh, the the first being the cinematography. It was great. And I like the color palette as well. The sound editing was nice. There was a scene where she uses like saran wrap, plastic wrap, um, and wraps it over her head. It was a shining moment for the sound because like there was just like this crunching noise happening during the scene. And it kept getting louder. I thought that was cool. And finally, there's a car chase scene that highlights all three of those previous things that I just pointed out. And it's probably the best part of the entire movie. I talked to a couple of my friends while after watching it, because um, I do post my reviews on Instagram and things like that. Uh, one of my friends who's who watched it, she was like, I didn't like it. And then I made my friends watch it with me to see if maybe I didn't understand it or anything like that. And they didn't like it. And then I told her what I told you guys, which is it's uh, Olivia Wilde going, watching Get Out once and going, how do I make this for white women? Because that's yeah. what this movie is. And <laughs> yeah. she, my friend was like, holy shit, that's exactly what this movie is. And then I had another friend talk to me about it. And she had issues with it because of this. Olivia Wilde, I don't know when this happened, but apparently Olivia Wilde, um, I guess, like, tried to promote this movie at one point as being a positive movie towards the idea of female pleasure. And she was like, but have you watched your... My friend was like, but have you watched your own movie? Because it's very misog misogynistic and not like that at all. Maybe like, for like the no. first 30 minutes. But, but like, <laughs> no, the, that's what no. she tried to... But the, 
but even then it, it's very it's still like super misogynistic throughout the entire movie and i don't know how you would get that idea from this movie at all because like the men and this is the point of the movie i i'm pretty sure is that men are assholes that's the point of the movie but like the men were just fucking terrible in this movie like harry styles like nothing against his actor or anything but his character was just annoying chris pine's character was just annoying like it was just everything about this movie annoyed me the longer it kept going i i it, it's weird to me because this is every year or every couple of years maybe there's always that one movie like this that like for whatever reason you see a trailer and everyone's like this is the movie guys like this is the movie movie of the year right here this is the movie this is going to be the 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 award darling and everything like this thing's going to win everything and then it comes out and just shits the bed like i'm pretty sure it has a 38 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah and things like that so like it's just weird to me that this was the movie this year that everyone was like this is the movie guys this is the movie this year and it wasn't the movie not at all smile was more of that this was the movie <laughs> there was a lot of hype around this movie like everyone was very much don't worry darling don't worry and then all of a sudden when all the drama came out everyone was like i don't know and then everyone was like we should maybe worry darling and mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. and then the movie came out and people were like man this movie was not what i wanted oh. but i also had someone else text me about it and they're like yeah i agreed with your opinion on don't worry darling I've seen like 30 Twilight Zone episodes that are the exact same plot. If you if you want to go to Olivia Wilde movie, go watch Booksmart. That's a funny movie. It has Jonah Hill's sister in it. Jason Sudeikis is in it as well. There's Run to Jewels on the soundtrack. I, it, it's a good movie. Yeah. Go watch it. <laughs> I'll admit, I was one of those people that thought this movie was going to be the fucking movie this year. It's the movie. <laughs> because that trailer, when it first came out, I was like, ho, ho. That looks it's an good. intriguing trailer. It is. Yeah. And like hearing, like, I don't remember if they show the scene, but hearing them yell, I gave you everything. And like, just the way that they're showing the scenes and then they show the car, the car crash. I was like, oh, that looks pretty fucking wild. Like, that looks like a good fucking time. Um, yeah, I'm, to hear you say that Olivia Wallace said this is, this is a movie about female pleasure. Um, I feel like I was kind of thrown off a bit because i'm not one to be like oh they're having sex like i'm usually like i'm all for that cool but i felt like just the how fast it hits you in the opening sequence i was like okay like that's what we're doing okay no big deal. well that was the other thing that i remember was kind of an issue when all the drama was happening too was people were upset with the marketing of the movie because they were focusing on that focusing on florence Pugh having sex yeah and like it just came off as very like gross yeah because honestly like it as as like you know as the opening when the movie starts like you see okay like it's the like they're kind of like in the 50s vibe your perfect home you know wife waiting i mean she was legitimately dressed up you know very nicely waiting, waiting at husband, the door waiting at the door for husband to come home with a with a glass of scotch mm -hmm. and he comes in and it's just you know groping her and all over her and i'm just like okay that's, that's a bit much but whatever like i get it like it's you know kind of spur and then they do it again like every day i'm just like okay like i i get it and then they explain how the character is like oh yeah you know that's 
they're just perpetually stuck in honeymoon mode like they're always loving each other and i was getting the vibes like okay like where where are we going with this movie what what is the premise and like you said when they have the when they're at uh chris pine's character's frank his house and he's like you know why are we here and he goes on his monologue that tells you absolutely fucking nothing and then i feel like they just put the couple that kind of stirs the craziness of what's going on here it felt very token black person 100%. like olivia olivia Lawalsh was yeah. like oh we need we need something to kind of stir it what does jordan peele do hmm. he has people that are african-american and then she's like looking at the list like i don't have anyone i need somebody quick because they were lit- she was literally yeah. the only white the, the only non-white person in this movie yeah well her her husband was looked, a white guy was he because he didn't look white to me he, like he might have been hispanic but it might just been like just the coloring at the time when he stood there because like he was like like a florence people like, was like in the light and he was like in the shadow like in the shade of the house and it was kind of darker in the house so it might just been the you know how it, you know that kind of like, the lighting at that point but yeah, I, I thought he was like Indian or something like that. Yeah, I, I couldn't really tell. But I was just like, okay, like this is your trigger. Like, oh, there's something. This is the weird part of the movie. This was kind of this is what's gonna stir the pot. And the honestly, like they could have just done something crazy, and that would have made this movie so much better. Like the tremors they kept feeling throughout the movie from time to time, like led to nothing. Yeah, led to absolutely nothing. And you like, and I get. Because the the gateway between where they were at and back to reality was where the boys work. But like you could have just fucking give me what they do there. If they're drilling into the ground doing shit they shouldn't be doing, great. That would have been fucking awesome. I want to say this. I, I don't think the twist was good. It was not. Nah. Because but if you but if you did this, if you did that, like, because look at look at the town. What does it remind you of? To me, it reminded me of a nuke town. It reminded me of a nuke town, but also reminded me of the town from Edward Scissorhands. But but so basically, what I'm saying is, take away the the the, the idea that it is the, the the very the very disgusting and creepy ass idea of that Harry Styles is a Reddit monitor moderator who is involved in a cult. cult where, by the way, some of these women aren't agreeing to this just Most look at what they said <laughs> because because they didn't say who is your partner or anything like that it said chosen wife so they just got to choose someone to like drug up and put into this this matrix world yeah. but i'm telling you take take all that away right there take away the cult take away that if you made it to where like they they were living in a nuke town and nuke town and the boys knew that a nuclear bomb was gonna get it tested on them but the wives didn't i think that would have been cooler yeah. yeah, especially because they hinted at they were working on like weapons uh, or something like highly like they said like highly aggressive or progressive like materials under the ground and the yeah. ground kept shaking. Like that would have been a good twist. The fact that you know it it was a bunch of misogynistic motherfuckers who, and then the twist was a literally a cell phone just out of her pocket for a second. Yeah, you're just like oh wait, and, what? The, and the fact that like you know you're like i'm watching this movie and i'm trying to figure out like okay well where are they going with this where are they going with this and you don't give me 
an, like a like a, a direction finally into the last 20 minutes and you realize Harry Styles character was a piece of shit who couldn't land a fucking job and he basically was like I just want my girlfriend to love me and she works too much so I need to be the provider so he signs up for this project basically takes her away from the job that I mean while she is still tired and drained it's obviously something she enjoys and just makes her a fucking housewife who cooks and cleans the house and then he goes home and fucks her every day and you're telling me this is you know supposed to be a positive movie for females when it's just a, it's misogyny fucking fest in the 50s like it just the fact that they waited you know so long to to kind of give you the you know the the twist i just sat there and i was like this movie is progressively taking me nowhere and i thought the fucking dance scene when they when he when uh, Chris Pine chose Harry Styles to be like the you know on the board, and he's just fucking making him dance like a monkey on the fucking stage because I get it. Yeah, he, now he's one of your puppets. I'm like, what is the point? Just to show Harry Styles dance. That's the only I don't thing. Know, like this. This I will say this fresh Florence, has a better dance scene. Florence Pugh carries this movie. I'll give you that, <laughs> and I liked Harry Styles. Bro, she killed this. She carries yeah. this fucking movie. She was amazing. She's fucking great. And that's the other thing I have a problem with this movie too is the reviews on it, especially on Letterboxd, are very much. I had an issue with Harry Styles' acting. No, Harry Styles' acting was honestly really good in it. It was really good. He was a good counter to to Florence Pugh. There, I saw one person point out the fact that like he couldn't keep his American accent the entire movie. I'm like, I'm sure that's not easy to do. That's the thing. He chooses. To have a British accent because when they go when at the end when he's signed up for the project and he's like standing in the in front of the, the the curtain and they're interviewing him yeah and they're they're explaining who he is he chooses to have a British accent yep it says he chooses so to have he's a basically British accent. creating an avatar he's creating an alibi and the perfect man he wants to be in the in this project which make honestly to me makes sense writing wise. Because it would be, and again, it's more I'm, comfortable. I'm for not him an actor. That's a, that's I'm not a British person. I'm not an actor. I'm sure uh, accent switching is very hard to do, but it would make more sense that he kept his British accent in the beefier part of the movie versus the movie, the the part of the movie that's maybe five to ten minutes long in total yeah. across yeah. the movie. Because like I'm in Dunkirk, he's he's playing an English soldier, so he you know his accent is just fine. And if you want him to be, you know, the supporting actor in a movie where he's pretty much on screen, you know, a good chunk of the time, why not give him the option to do it in his natural tone? Because he's not that well. I mean, he's not an actor first. He's a he's an artist. He's a musician. Yes, exactly. The so, the, the idea of him being able to, and the idea of him being able to accent switch, comes with him acting more in movies because this is, I think, is. What like third movie, fourth movie? I know he has a movie on uh, Amazon right now called like My Policeman mm-hmm. or something like. So like he's becoming an actor. Yeah, he's but making he a transition. Hasn't been he's an actor much, right? So give him time to be able to. He's perfected his craft of being an artist, a, a singer, a dancer, whatever. But give him time to be perfect his craft of being an actor. This, like I said, his fourth movie or something like that. Yeah, so, exactly. 
give him some time. Um, I think it was more so it felt like he was just like half-assing an accent because it wasn't like completely British. It was like British and New Jersey mixed or something. And I remember hearing something about like he like he chose that for some fucking reason. It could just but, be like to go towards more like trying to fit into the vibe of they have kind of going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but to finish my take, like honestly, just the twist. I I thought it was dumb. Had they waking like woken up like in a fucking matrix style, like in a weird tube and some shit like that would have been better. But the, the ending was terrible too. Yeah, yeah. To just tell me you're like you have them like with their eyes pried open clockwork orange style and you're just scanning shit into their brain like that's that's it get out of here man like this this movie was not good i'm glad i did not watch it in theater i'm glad that the the drama kind of killed my hype for it because then i if i would have gone into theater and watched this movie with all the hype i was rolling into i would have been fucking furious of how bad this movie was in my opinion i two stars i guess yeah, so I I didn't see all the, the hype that y'all were talking about about it being like the movie of the year and stuff like that. I just, I remember seeing the like the trailer for it and I was like, okay, this looks like something. Like it has my interest at least. Uh, that being said, <laughs> all the, uh, the drama that's around it and stuff like that kind of really set the bar low for me. So keep that in mind before... I read my review of it. <laughs> I put, well, that was a movie. It honestly wasn't as bad as I was expecting it to be. With the exception of Harry Styles acting, it was pretty decent. Basically a retelling of the Stepford Wives, but with a VR element instead of robots. I don't really know what to think after watching it, honestly. I think I might actually have to watch it again just to kind of see if I understand it a little bit better. Uh, I really dug the soundtrack and... I kept, the rewinding was... the, I kept rewinding the video the movie because i was like wait really yeah like i i wasn't like fully invested in it but I, I was invested enough to where like i knew what was going on but i still felt like i missed so much of it uh yeah i really dug the soundtrack and the story was okay uh casting was really good but i think the movie would have been better with someone else instead of harry styles because there was also the... like in a boy band wait what there's also the what I said, is it because he used to be in a boy band? No. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. He just, he didn't fit, <laughs> like, at all. <laughs> There's also the scene towards the end of the film-ish where Chris Pine comes over for dinner and, like, they have a debate. Like, Florence Pugh and him have a debate about, like, Honestly, I don't know what about really, because again, it 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 was it was them going yeah. after each other about nothing. That's another thing, because he's yeah. like, I had he goes, I had so much uh, faith in you, and I believed in you, and all this stif- stuff. For what? Well, you don't what know her. You? She's just yeah. she's just a computer program to you, essentially. And but like, no, but again, that scene could have been really well like done, and it. I did read about that scene specifically. Because Olivia Wilde's character was supposed to be in that scene. But she ended up writing herself out because she wanted to spend the time actually directing that scene. And like that that scene 
directorial wise is a a classic directing dinner scene like it's pretty good but the dialogue the script and everything just it doesn't do anything like it doesn't yeah. move the movie forward or anything it, it's just two people with different ideas of what's going on arguing their points of what's going on without a solution and then like then there's the whole character of frank's wife like she gets offended about everything to go and kill her husband in the end yeah and like what was say, the point of you getting offended went the whole nowhere movie? and to say <laughs> yeah, yeah stupid man like now it's my turn to do yeah. what yeah <laughs> like like plot twist are you like one of those dudes on the internet that like pretends to be a girl or something like is that what you're saying like <laughs> i don't know i don't it know just it leaves you with way more questions than answers yeah and like Tell i said the ending is just terrible too because like like you hear her breathe like <gasps> but you don't know like if she's awake or what like killed or what yeah um i found a very awkward when they're at Frank's house and he's just uh, watching them bang. He's watching them bang and he's just yeah. there. Like, and then he brings mm. it up later and he's like, Yeah. He's like, I'll let you do that in my house. I was like, What the fuck? Yeah. And like, like you're saying, like that dinner conversation could have been like such a great pivotal turn. It is, it could it have is, been the, the, it climax is a turn. Of the movie. Yeah. It is a turn of the movie, but her, like her kind of flexing, like, I got this all figured out. And it's well, she really didn't. She yeah. didn't, but had she, you she was catching on. Yeah, she was <laughs> catching on, but had you like kind of like let her like show more her realization that she caught on. And the fact that he was just like, man. And everyone just like got up and left. Yeah. Had it been more of like a like everyone kind of like starts to like snap and like, oh fuck, she's catching on. Like yeah. and turn it that route, that would have been pretty cool too. Like but no, it was just so weird. I I don't want to I don't want to like try to compare it to this, but they could have definitely gone a more matrixy route. Like you just said, everyone kind of snapped and realized, oh, she's catching on. The the, the other people could have because they kind of acted like it towards the end. Like when when she killed Harry Styles, the first person to go to try to like take her down was Nick Kroll's character. So like, why not have the husband type characters essentially be the agents? Yeah, of this virtual world. Also, speak. It would have been cool. Okay, I keep, and all the dudes this, in the jumpsuits. Keep this. Yeah. Keep this stupid plot twist of they're in some weird Reddit cult thing that's happening. I don't know. Play it a little bit better. If you're going to be in a computer virtual world, I don't know. Have a glitch, like a visual glitch that throws her off for a second. I think they the kind, glitch they, was the airplane. Well, I was going to say, they kind of did it with the airplane and they kind of did it when like the window closed in on her. Yeah. But I'm just saying like in the Matrix, they had the cat go back and forth. They had the cat walk across the screen twice. And they then deja vu. Yeah. Yeah. Do something like that. I don't know. They could have done, they could have put, she could have wrote this a little bit better. Olivia Wilde could have wrote this a little bit better to play into her twist a little bit better. But ultimately her twist goes nowhere. I legitimately thought like when they were driving across the desert to get to the headquarters I was that was like, a good scene it was a good scene yeah. but i was like i was like please save this movie right here be like in a be like in a virtual reality world and as she gets like to a threshold threshold the world just starts to like digitize out like and like she's like in a weird like warehouse some some shit i was like please be that 
and nope, we're just in an apartment with some things with your eyes pried, uh, you know, pried open. But we don't know if you're alive or what. If you actually or made it like out or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, man. I don't know, man. Like, the car and like crash I said, it's pretty cool though. The car crash was cool. <laughs> yeah, like I said, that scene highlights all the three good things about this movie, which are the sound editing, the cinematography, and just um i forgot what else i said but yeah the color palette yeah. because each car yeah, was a different color, color nice. and it was nice and, um, like the, but, and the uniformity like in the wives walking the husbands out to the car and like waving and all of them backing up at the same time synchronized and going like you had these like perfect world ticks and you could have glitched at one point and like it would have been cool yeah but maybe i'm picking up on it now i don't know but maybe she was the glitch the whole time because if you noticed, maybe, but if you noticed all the wives, when they came out to like tell their husbands goodbye and stuff, they were all dressed proper in their dresses and everything. And she was always still in her pajamas. Yeah. She was in like the, yeah. in the, in the button up shirt top. And so maybe she was supposed to be the glitch that we were looking for the whole time. I don't know, but. And then she was the only one that saw the plane. And then I guess yeah. maybe the earthquakes were supposed to be a glitch. I don't know. Well, they all they all recognized the, the earthquakes. Yeah. Because whenever it happened, they would like all Harry pick Styles up their and her had like a dialogue about it. Yeah, yeah, they would all pick up their drinks and like kind of brace themselves and it was just like it would pass. Yeah. So I don't know. It could have been better. Know, it could have been it way been better. better. It it had so much potential and then it just kind of it had ideas. It just doesn't flat. know how to I, execute execute I, the ideas. For sure. I, I enjoyed it for what it was, but it it could have been what so happened to better. the son of the first lady of margaret yeah another question <laughs> what what happened to that kid or what happened to margaret she just kind of disappeared that was another thing like <laughs> like okay like she steals the full the file and then and, she burns it but yep. like if if it's with the men why is all the information blacked out yeah i don't you know, know what i mean? think I think it was supposed to be like the idea is like they knew she was going to take it. So that's why it's all blacked out. Yeah. But then again, how do they know all this stuff? If they're literally, how do they know this? Like stuff? you if said, they, if the men are supposed to be in control in a bed yeah, and they think the women are obedient. Yeah. Why would you think that the woman was stealing? Because it's not like, like I said, or like you, like you said, it's, it's not like someone's controlling. Like they all had to go like lay down in bed and like, Put it in an IV to get into this world. So it's not like no, someone's sitting on a computer going. Okay, I switch. Mean yeah, yeah, yeah. To update. Like it. So why would essentially you they're them? not mobile? Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know, man. <laughs> a lot of this questions. is this is one of those movies that I I can 100 percent say will be in my bottom movies. Of why year. are we here, boys? <laughs> <laughs> well, you see why the sun, here? the sun and the moon and the rain and the tires on the road and this food that we're eating and whatever else chris pine says in that seed that goes <laughs> the absolutely job, the job we're doing here is very important now <laughs> i can't tell you what that job is i'm still trying to figure it out but the job we are doing here boys is very important <laughs> victory victory <laughs> v's up no <laughs> <sighs> oh, man all right yeah. We good for this I week? Think we're good, yeah, man. Yep. We could just sit here and question this whole movie for like another two hours, but I'd rather not. <laughs> for uh, for movieication, I'm Brady. Go ahead, Tyler. I'm Joe. I'm Tyler. <laughs> I'm Joe. You guys have a good holiday.
Bye. Bye.